0: Welcome to Shared Instance, a podcast on iOS development by three iOS developers in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm Sam Corder.
1: I'm Alex Argo.
2: And I'm Alex Robinson.
0: This is episode 139. Welcome back to Emoji Weekly. With your guests, (laughs) (laughs) Samsung, the S9 creepy emoji. An emoji, I guess.
1: Well, I think they're they're calling them AR emojis. So Samsung announced their new Galaxy S9 phone, as Sam alluded to. And uh, basically, it's the same thing as last year, but they have a nicer camera. And one of the features that they take advantage of with that is what they call AR emoji, which remind me kind of of Bitmoji, if you guys are familiar with those. But you mixed with, like, the the Miis from Nintendo consoles... So you take a picture of your face, and it creates the the facial part of your AR emoji character. So it looks like you, and and then it does AR stuff, and you can, you know, it's basically like an emoji from there, except for it's like a creepy animated version of you.
2: Yeah, little of oh, the uh, uncanny valley there. Uh, there's definitely
0: no, they're not really going for realistic but it is probably too realistic and not cartoonish enough.
1: Yeah, which I you could call that the uncanny valley. I mean, it's it's not the classical uncanny valley that we're talking about from graphics where it, it's, it's so close to realism that it looks fake, but
0: Yeah. I A mean, Polar Express, that's always the canonical example of uncanny valley. Yeah. The the movie Polar Express.
1: But yeah, these Hey I I mean in my mind the whole purpose of like animojis is that people want to not be themselves they want to just be some goofy character and
2: generally generally they're cute versus yeah creepy
1: I mean yeah. although bitmoji is a thing that people do from time to time but yeah it, it seems like most people who have like experienced it hands on basically just think oh yeah it's pretty creepy so
0: well, maybe people get used to the idea of them, and then it's not so bad. Or
1: yeah, it could be. I mean, everybody said and emojis look stupid. They do, and yeah, I guess a lot of people still say they do. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> They're fun. They're yeah, funny. They're but people don't impressive. say this is fun. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it it was just like Craig's moment for his dad joke during the keynote, and yeah, I guess this is just like the creepy samsung thing of the week
0: <laughs> this is like so the dad cracks a joke and then the little brother takes that joke and makes a stupid variation of it and thinks it's funny and laughs all about it but nobody else laughs neither of you had a brother like that growing up
2: huh okay i was the younger brother so, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you should have made these jokes alex <laughs>
2: He's like,
0: oh, maybe I wasn't so funny growing up.
1: <laughs> was not
0: uh. aware. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I mean, otherwise, it's a pretty nice looking phone for yeah, Samsung. The,
1: yeah, the last one was a nice looking phone too.
0: <laughs> the really warm one. Yeah.
1: No, that was a couple. That was a couple phones ago. Let's, let's be fair. Yeah,
0: that's true. <laughs> but I think they always do make nice looking phones. They have their own issues and drawbacks, but
1: yeah, I I'm super pumped for my giant iPhone 10 that that the rumors keep saying that Apple is is going to come out with. That's exactly what I want. I'm I'm tired of this little keyboard on my iPhone 10. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the other stuff on it, so bring me the the giant giant iPhone 10. I think. They were calling it the biggest iPhone ever made. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's that's how they'll market it too.
0: <laughs> Will they call it the iPhone 2X? They might. Yeah. Plus X?
2: X Plus? Nah,
1: it's got to be iPhone 11 and 11 Plus.
2: Or XL. Oh.
0: I think that one might be used right now. Yeah, is it the Pixel? Yeah. XL. Yeah, so... We could probably eliminate
1: that one. So since we've eliminated, that's probably going to guarantee that's what it's going to be called.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The naming department worked really hard on this one.
1: Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So what else is new this week? Well, not
0: really all that new, but uh, since we're kind of right now on a uh, Bi weekly cadence. Uh, but one thing that really stood out to me w- was the, the newer version of CocoaPods. Um, they basically added, I guess, it's gotta be a little bit fair here, but they added a way to run scripts when you actually do your build. So a pod now can inject into, inject a script to be run during your builds. And, to, and the fair part is, They've already had a mechanism for people to execute code on your machine arbitrarily, but that was just at the pod install time.
1: (laughs) So now you're worried that it's every time you you hit Command B or Command R.
0: Yeah, it's going to fire off. It could potentially fire off some script, and luckily, it does warn you when you do the pod install that. This script, this particular pod is going to be injecting something into your run script run phase, but
1: that's good. I, could, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, I could see the convenience point from say some pod like uh, fabric where maybe it needs the D sims. You maybe it wants to upload the D sims for your build.
1: Well, and it an, another potential use case like. Uh, you know, like some library that needs to—that's not a proper framework. Um, we we had this issue with one of our ad networks' frameworks. It has like they're like, oh, you have to install this script to like strip debug symbols, like the simulator stuff for when you submit. Um, of course, that makes the simulator break. So we have to change their their uh, broken build script. So I won't name ad networks, but. <laughs> but But, yeah it seems like stuff like that makes sense to to have that ability sounds have you run into any issues with it or are you just kind of like putting on your tinfoil hat and sounding the alarm
0: yeah it's definitely tinfoil hat let's say you do a pod try and now it it downloads the project and can uh I mean, whereas before everything was happening kind of in that simulator environment, and I, I guess technically the you could bust out of the simulator and muck around with somebody's machine, but that, that's all in the code right there. We're talking now where a pod could potentially download a, a uh, another shell file, shell script file from the internet, and then execute that kind of like. Uh, how you install Homebrew or something?
1: I think I need to. My plan is to make a really popular iOS library that's open source, and then I'm gonna put in a little script that downloads a framework that mines cryptocurrency when you're running <laughs> the app, and then I can. Then I'm just gonna retire from everything. Yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. tell anyone, though, guys. It's just right. keep it between us. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, it's not as if GitHub has never been compromised. It's not as if some of the more popular iOS frameworks like say AF networking or something, they've never had their SSH keys compromised. So it's possible that somebody could crack one of these the credentials on one of these popular pods already. Grab that pod file compromise the the github repo and then now all you all of a sudden you are mining cryptocurrency for somebody
1: when you're doing your builds (laughs) and you you wouldn't even know you'd be like man this build is taking forever piece of garbage swift (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: or we need (laughs) uh, three more servers to our build farm right
1: (laughs) that would be perfect
2: exactly yeah but you, you get my point right
1: it's no, I can see. Yes. I can definitely see where this would be non-desirable. Um,
0: it, yeah. It's bad I mean, enough that you have to audit the code of a pod that you're bringing into your project. It, that's good practice, even though it's kind of like the terms and conditions or the EULA that we always never, ever read. But it's there for you. There's a record of it, somewhat. But now, uh, it's just...
1: I mean, I don't see what the problem was with it before, you know, with like with fabric, if you installed it with CocoaPods, you do that and then you have to add one shell script to your, you know, build phase. That wasn't right. a big deal before. I guess this will be slightly more convenient. So.
0: Yeah. And as long as the cost is not too high, which I'm a little worried about the cost.
1: think this is going to be the next xcode ghost vector <laughs>
0: it does open up the possibility right a lot bigger than it was before
1: yeah that's true so are you gonna just keep your cocoa pods the old version
0: carthage all the way no no i'm gonna suffer through it i guess suffer yeah. my paranoia
1: so we'll complain about it a bunch but at the end we're just gonna suck it up yeah <laughs> we're used to that being apple developers you know (laughs) that's what we do
0: i'll definitely if i come across a pod that does this i'm definitely going to open up my project and look at that build script and if it's if it's doing anything to access the outside world it's going to send up some red flags pretty quickly It's, it's just requires you to be more vigilant. That's kind of the bottom line.
2: Yeah. I was looking to see if there was a way to disable it in the pod file, but I'm not seeing an option. Uh, it will warn, but it doesn't look like you can just say, don't run third-party scripts. Right. (coughs) So.
1: Lame.
0: Yeah. Speaking of old news, um, last week, Swipe was uh, discontinued. Well, actually, really before, but the news kind of hit that the Swipe keyboard was pulled. Um, I guess it's by the company that does the um, Dragon Dictate. What's their name? Nuance? Yeah. And like, it must not have been pulling in enough revenue to support their their needs and they just wanted to focus on other products
1: oh yeah that's one of those I mean most app extensions like are by definition things that are not monetizable very easily The third party keyboards I guess you could have them like unlock themselves in an app but yeah they were or I guess you could pay up front for those couldn't you yeah Most other ones aren't very easy to monetize, so... I mean, I can't see a lot of people paying a lot for these anyways.
0: No, it's pretty much a one-time revenue hit, right? A revenue source.
1: Yeah, So, but I mean, it wasn't discontinued because they ran afoul of some Apple rule. It just was one of those things where it wasn't worth the effort to do, so... Yeah. I think that makes sense. Yeah,
0: and it, but it, it kind of begs the question to me is, our third-party keyboards basically dead? Uh, and uh, by extension, iMessage apps too?
2: Yeah, I believe Swipe was one, if not the top-selling keyboard app. So it definitely doesn't bode well for, for keyboard apps, but... Uh, but at the same time, a keyboard app for a company that focuses on voice dictation seems a bit uh, counter to its purpose.
0: Yeah, I got the the impression that maybe Swipe was a acquisition by that company.
2: Very well, could be.
1: I I did see that like uh, there's some newer third-party keyboards that have the same functionality as Swipe and are supposedly a lot better. So I wonder if that's part of the reason as well that it's kind of died off. I feel like third-party keyboards are a thing that they're going to be a niche uh, you know, type of app and I mean, it's hard to hard to make a business off of a niche type of app unless you have people who are really into whatever that thing is. And I think most people don't install third-party keyboards, kind of what you were alluding to earlier, Sam, but I think there's some people who probably are just like super they found the one that they liked and even though it's kind of crappy on iOS you know you got that like slow loading thing whenever it pops up they they just can't you know live without it so
2: I know the Google Gboard keyboard was pretty popular for a while on iOS but I, I'm not sure how many people stuck with it especially with iOS 11 I think there were some rocky points there
1: Yeah, and I think that had the swipe functionality too, so there's other keyboards that do similar things out there, but yeah, I don't think I would recommend anyone to go start a business making a third-party keyboard <laughs> app unless you had a really specific reason to, a really good market to to do it for.
0: I mean, there are potential, like, uh, say, languages that aren't necessarily well-supported by iOS, uh, I think uh, one of our listeners in the Slack talked about. He had a uh, client ask him for a Hebrew keyboard that was laid out in a Qwerty style, and the guy loves it. Keep he always installs the newest version. Uh, so, I guess. They can garner small niche followers, but he, this guy, our listener, never put it on the store or anything. So there's no real way of gauging what the the interest would be generally for something like that. But I would say if you can find one, you could probably find ten or twenty or whatever. It's not really a business, but it's side cash. The other thing I'd say maybe if. You're from a area where there's a lot of dialects And maybe the keyboards for your particular dialect is terrible And that's a good niche
2: Klingon maybe
1: <laughs> Yeah, I'm surprised CBS hasn't put out like a Klingon third-party keyboard for iOS and Android <laughs> Seems like that that get like a couple news articles Get them some some press for their new Star Trek show <laughs>
0: Yeah Well, you need a font for that, right?
2: I would imagine there's one, but haven't gone looking. Yeah, I
0: don't know how. If you don't have like font support in the system, I feel like that would just compound your problems.
1: Well, they would just like it could spit them out as images or something. I mean, there's there's keyboards that didn't do that. Although I I guess there was something you had to be able to type like the normal. Letters, but I'm sure they could work that in somehow.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. There were some pretty weird uh, constraints with keyboards later on, too. Right? That they couldn't just be emoji keyboards. They had to also be able to type letters and numbers.
2: Yeah, I think it has to serve as, like, a keyboard function. So you might have to be able to switch between, like, regular... Alphabet and, and Klingon, Klingon.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if you long press, you get the, uh, the the English character.
1: Maybe that's what my open source library is. It's a, uh, a Klingon font provider or something like that, so that people can make their keyboards. Step three, profit. <laughs>
0: Sounds
1: good.
2: Yep. All right, there is a Klingon keyboard for iOS
1: oh way. man there goes my idea see
0: <sighs> if you can think about it there's an app for it already yeah.
2: almost always Just
1: more <laughs> succinctly there's an app for that
2: <laughs> uh, it hasn't been updated in a while at least the one that I found mm. so people are asking for updates <laughs> alright I'll be looking mm. from
0: that from uh
2: your company, Argo.
1: No, no, this is just me. I don't want to share my Klingon keyboard cryptocurrency profits with anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. <laughs> so, <laughs> another another uh, more relevant news. Um, I guess if you if you make apps, uh, you can now put ten screenshots per product page on the App Store. Okay, so they doubled the amount of screenshots you could do.
0: Per product, per uh, form factor, per language. Yep.
1: Yeah, so as, as a developer, this kind of sucks, but as a business person, this is another opportunity to differentiate yourself. I don't think we're going to do it because I don't know how much it would help, but... <laughs> I, and maybe we will. I don't know. What If all the other apps start doing it, then you kind of have to. It's just another one of those things that kind of raises... It does kind of two things. It raises the barrier to entry a little bit, but then it also, like people were complaining, "No, oh, Apple doesn't do enough to let us, you know, make our apps stand out in the App Store or whatever. So it, it kind of does both of those. So I feel
0: like having that 6th through 10th screenshot is really there because people are having a hard time maybe conveying the meaning of their app in five. But that's probably because they just had bad screenshots or the app is overly complicated, too many features.
1: I wonder if it's so that people can do more of those things where they basically just do one giant screenshot but they make it really long (laughs) landscape-wise and you can just scroll through it. Now people can do like some super long stuff there. They can add all this text that's not part of the app on there. It'll be awesome. Yeah, Note my, nope, my sarcasm. You're
0: going to have three screenshots per three screenshot slots per screenshot and have three really wide screenshots. That sounds pretty great. Plus the extra one and your app video.
2: And don't forget there's a new screen size coming. <laughs> yes.
1: Aren't At we least, past? Yeah. Aren't we past the having to worry about new screen sizes thing? Or are we not yet?
0: No, the iPhone 10 Plus.
1: No, no, no. I mean, like, aren't all of our apps like?
2: No, I mean for screenshots, just uploading. Oh, screenshots. for
1: screenshots, I gotcha. Well, they yeah. have the adaptive screenshots, so it's no they big do. deal. They do. do. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't
0: work with that's the, the iPhone 10. That's so right the... now. You don't. You have to upload a 10 screenshot plus say, a plus phone.
2: Yeah, I think you have to have at least two different phone sizes, maybe maybe more. I don't know if you have to have a 10 right now.
1: I, I don't think It's all about the to, aspect though. ratios, I think. like yeah. As long as the yeah. aspect ratios are the same, then they just scale it down as appropriate if you are using the adaptive screenshots. Yeah. So a new, a new aspect ratio would be a pain, but I don't think we're going to get that, hopefully. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, the 10 Although is a you never different know. aspect. The 10's a different aspect ratio, right?
1: Right. So I don't think they would do another new aspect ratio.
0: Yeah. I guess the 10 plus or whatever it's going to be, that would be a similar aspect ratio.
1: Yeah, although never say never.
0: Right. (laughs) We'll have to read the tea leaves at WWDC.
1: Yeah. New aspect ratio, science class support, son of a...
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. We're, we're thinking about adding a new size class be ready uh, actually the layout system when you couple size classes with the size info it's it's pretty flexible pretty good
1: yeah but there'll be hints of something if something like that's coming i'm sure
0: yeah well we had
1: the safe areas this past time right even yeah. though although even we all- were
0: like oh that's just for apple tv
1: yeah, none of us are going to be smart enough to recognize whatever that thing is, but we'll look back and be like, oh, yeah, yeah yes. that's why they did that.
0: <laughs> well, to be fair, before the 6 came out, and they had the simulators that could take arbitrary sizes, that was pretty obvious. We didn't know what the sizes were going to be, and we didn't know that there was going to be two new ones, but we had a pretty good idea that there was going to be a bigger iPhone at that point
1: well or was that more about the ipad multitasking stuff too yeah i thought that was the same release Uh, maybe it was for both i guess kill two birds with one stone
0: yeah yeah for whatever the air 2 came out i think that was the first one that could do multitasking all right so hey alex you found a a book
2: yeah, yeah, our uh, friends over at Objective CIO, which we haven't mentioned on the podcast in a while, have a new... Whoa, po- whoa,
1: our, our friends? Did I, like, not get invited to a party or something?
2: I'm just... Apparently being, it's I'd... his friend. <laughs> just uh, community-wise.
1: All right, I'll stop being a pain. All right. <laughs> Continue, Alex.
0: We're all friends here. Yes. Even our listeners, we're all friends, right? Yeah.
2: So the folks over at Objective CIO uh, have a new book out uh, for app architecture, so um, it's becoming a more popular topic of discussion for iOS development as we continue to develop best practices for Swift and and new architectures get introduced Uh, the book promises to be pretty good it's in early release right now it covers wait, a number wait,
0: wait all the books promise to be pretty good just well, that out there <laughs> yes this is give alex a hard time night yeah apparently, apparently <laughs> it's
1: apparently it's the troll alex while he talks about half architecture night
2: <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> i'm sorry please continue <laughs>
2: So, they covered a number of the usual suspects MVC, MVVM, um, Model View Controller plus View State, uh, which may be a little bit more obscure. But they also introduced a few other app architectures that some of us may not have heard of. Elm is one that they've covered in their screencast before. Uh, And they've got another kind of experimental one that one of the authors is come up with so it's not necessarily designed to teach you the right way to build apps but give you a survey of different architectures to consider and they don't bother going into Viper because they don't necessarily think that the complexity of that is justifiable
0: (laughs) it probably will be a good book then
2: and uh, they don't go into MVP model view presenter because it's structurally very similar to MVVM. So, you know, so far I've been reading through the beta and it's been pretty good. i picked up a few things. Uh, looking forward to additional chapters coming out.
0: So when you said Elm, did you
2: mean... Were
0: you talking about the, the JavaScript framework or something else?
2: I think it's... It's... I'm not sure if it was JavaScript, but it was a architecture from another platform, another language platform that they've experimented with porting that to iOS and Swift. Yeah, I've so not I think,
0: actually played with Elm, but there are there has a pretty good size uh, minority following.
2: Yeah, I want to say it's in that reactive family, but I'm not positive. Yeah. Pretty sure it is.
0: Um, reactive and also with, like, the, I believe, the, the Redux
1: style.
2: Yeah, that sounds right.
1: I found some blog posts about the Elm architecture, so it may, it may I wonder if it did come from...
2: They could have. They've done a few screencasts on Elm uh, as from uh, their website as well.
1: The examples look like some javascript thing I'll put a link in the show notes sounds good so how much of the book is there already Alex you said it's an early access right?
2: yeah they've been putting out a draft of a chapter just about every week uh, for the last three or four weeks I think so um, it's coming at a pretty rapid pace this is uh, not their first book so um, they've done a few of these already uh, on di- different topics, and they've all been pretty good. So, definitely more on the advanced side.
1: That's interesting. And there's looks like they have sample or they plan to have sample code that's a sample app done in all the different architectures. It should be fun. Yeah, yeah I'll have to pick yeah. this up some, when it's done or something.
2: Yeah, um, you get access as part of the early access program. You get. Access to the GitHub repo as well, so you can get the the code as they go. Uh, and they've been doing a weekly Q and A, um, so people who are going through the early access can ask questions, and they can field them and maybe shape the the structure of the book.
1: It looks like the release date is April twenty eighteen for at least what they're shooting for. So, <laughs> or that's that's the videos they hope to release. So, yeah. I assume once the video is out, it's probably done.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think um there's three authors and I think they're all working on a chapter right now for this week. So I think it'll be moving along quite quickly.
1: I guess the only other news that uh that was on the agenda for tonight was I don't know if you guys remember when they announced AirPlay 2 last year at dub yeah and it didn't make it into iOS 11 the main release and it was in the ios 11.3 betas that we've we're on like beta 3 of at this point i think uh and they they pulled it so seems like the home pod came out and they said ah well we didn't make that so no one really knows when airplay 2 stuff is coming um hmm. yeah maybe it'll be later this year i, I wonder if it's if it's going to be coming in iOS 12 or something like that at this point.
2: I don't know. It could find its way back into another beta. <clears throat> I don't know if they totally
0: pulled it. Either it's because it could, they're having too many technical issues with it to fit it in in the right time frame. Or just the value of putting it out there with a without HomePod not supporting it either. This minimal it did not yeah. seem
1: in a complete state because i accidentally updated my apple tv to the beta mm-hmm. and my remote app could no longer control it so in its current state that it was in it was not backwards compatible with older airplay stuff which mm-hmm. seems like that could be problematic
2: yeah. yeah
0: yeah that would be pretty bad if you're you update your iphone and now you can't airplay to your home pod that you spent all that money on
1: Without an update, but yeah, it's not, yeah. it wouldn't be unprecedented, though. <laughs> Although, like, what if you have a, like, an iPad 2 or, like, a kid's iPad mini that's locked on iOS 9, you know, something like that. That could be annoying. Although, maybe those those uh, devices are beyond supporting anyways.
0: Oh, yeah, Apple doesn't care about those anymore. I'm sure they've fallen off the radar
1: Yeah, I just saw some article the other day that uh, the iTunes app on your computer will no longer work with the first-gen Apple TV. So they try to support back pretty far, but I think some update coming out this March will uh, kill that off. Well, I think that's about all the time we have left this week. So why don't you guys tell us where we can find you on the Internet?
2: You can find me on the Twitters at AJ Robinson. And I am at
0: Sam Corder.
1: I'm at Alex Argo, and you can find the podcast at Shared Inst. If you want to join us in our Slack and talk about your third-party keyboard apps that you don't want to maintain anymore, just go to chat.sharedinstance.com to get a Slack invite, and we'll talk to you guys in a couple weeks.